I don't drink When I'm on point, I am my point blank I said I love you, then my phone blank She said I hate you, I told her don't hate She got me thinking What's up, what's up, what's good with it everybody We back again for another episode of the Pick and Roll Podcast Sam, what's good? What's good, baby? I'm, yeah, I, I know you're pretty hype right now with everything that's been going on with your boys and whatnot. But uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Might as well go ahead and start off with them. Let's let's talk about the Pick and Roll Podcast fan poll of the week. The question was, is Golden State better without? Now, this was a pretty close, uh, close finish here, I would say. Um, we had 47% of our viewers saying yes. Fifty-three percent of the people saying no. What's your take on that, Sam? You think the Warriors are better without KD? Um, no. Um, it's crazy to say that any team would be better without Kevin Durant. Even the Warriors. Um, I do think that um, the way that they play without Kevin Durant is a lot harder to scheme against. And I think that's why we see that it seems like they're better without Durant, but it's really more about the style of play than KD not being there. I agree. I I think that that's the biggest takeaway as well. I think that without Kevin Durant, of course, no, they're not a better team. But without Kevin Durant, they play a better brand of basketball. And it, it makes other players have to be their best. Like players like Steph, players like Clay, players like Draymond. On any given night, if Kevin Durant's in the lineup, one of those guys can take the night off and they'll still win no matter who they play against. That's been seen, even in the playoffs. But without a Kevin Durant, it's like, okay, well, we all got to do what we're good at. I might not have to go out here and score 20 points if I'm Draymond, but I got to be effective in every other aspect of the game. I got to be my, I got to be the defender that they need me to be. I got to crash the boards. I got to assist. I got to, uh, obviously their best when Draymond gets a triple double. So that's something that he would, you know, have to do a little more without Kevin Durant in the lineup. Guys like Clay, now I got to go out here and fill it up. I got to score a little more than I would have to if Kevin Durant was there. And Steph, Steph just got to be Steph. He's got to go back into being basically the face of that ball club, right? With Kevin Durant, it's still uh, 50-50 as far as whose ball club it is. It could be any given night. It could be the others. But when Kevin Durant's not in the lineup, it has to be Steph's ball game in order for them to be successful. And uh, we've seen that throughout the series, man. That, that, this uh, Trailblazers series, with the, which they played without KD the entire series. And they just looked like the the uh seventy three and nine warriors again, and that's also something that I saw. I saw a lot of people saying, "Well, yeah, they're better without Kevin Durant. They went seventy three and nine without him." Two completely different ball clubs for one. <laughs> the the ball clubs were made up completely differently. Would you not agree? Yeah, I agree for sure. Um, my thing about the uh the KD thing is that it's his greatness. It's weird to say, but his greatness actually takes away from the team because with him being so great, you kind of have to dial the, the the system back a little bit because you're kind of when you run in the system through a guy with a guy like KD, at times it's going to seem like you're making shit too hard because mm-hmm. really all you need to do is just rolling the ball and letting him torch whoever's guard. <laughs> right. 
So, like, that that's what we see a lot of times with the Warriors, with KD in the lineup, and that's the reason why the ball doesn't move as much is because, I mean, nine times out of ten, KD got somebody guarding him where you feel like he's going to score on that guy eight times out of ten. Right. Give KD ten possessions, he's scoring on eight of them on the guy guarding him. So, why run offense if you got a guy like that? I mean, yeah, a lot of guys in the league are good scorers, like, like Harden and these guys, but they're not KD. They're not efficient like KD. They can't. KD's literally a guy that can just get to a spot wherever he wants and rise up and shoot a jumper, and you can consider it as a high cons- a, a, a high percentage shot. Fat. So I mean, like I said, you kind of making it hard when you're running a bunch of offensive sets and plays with KD out there. So once KD's gone, now you see the Warriors get back to their system, and that's why. It seems like they're much better without him, but really, it, it's really the system is the as best when they don't have a guy as great as KD. I think KD's a little too great of a player for the system that Golden State tries to play. At least I agree. I think that it, it's like it's it's just like this, man. The Warriors came up with this offense or with this scheme without Kevin Durant. So obviously it's going to work better without Kevin Durant because when they came up with this scheme, Kevin Durant wasn't even a thought in their mind. So obviously it tailors more to the rest of the guys on the team. I mean, it tailors toward the core of that team, which is Steph, Clay, Draymond, and but other on, guys that can shoot. And other on guys, paper, go ahead. On, on paper, though, it looks like a simple plug and play. You remove Harrison Barnes. And you add a guy who is really a very similar player to Harrison Barnes, just ten times better in KD. It seems like it would be the system would be the same, but like I said, it's the greatness that makes it hard. Like you don't you you just I don't know. It's so hard to explain it. Really. Yeah, you just gotta, like, I think that the easiest way to explain it is I agree with with the Harrison Barnes comparison as far as uh like a plug and play, and like you said, it's almost it's asinine to think that you would continue to run your exact same set with a guy like Kevin Durant in your offense because you look back to when Harrison Barnes was there and all of the nights that Harrison Barnes basically sacrificed not scoring or not basically being a focal point, basically not being a guy that defenses look to or not being a guy that got a lot of opportunities offensively. It would be crazy for you to run the system the exact same way that you did with Harrison Barnes being there having Kevin Durant. So basically it would be nights where Kevin Durant would be sacrificing tons of shots. Some nights where Kevin Durant was shooting single digits as uh, Harrison Barnes did multiple times. And just the thought of that alone is like, what the fuck? Like if they would have kept that same scheme and didn't scheme Kevin Durant into their offense, we would all be thinking, why the fuck did they even grab Kevin Durant for? Why would they even grab him if he's not even really out here touching the ball like he need to be? Like, we would be complaining. But like you said, you have to tailor your offense around a guy of his magnitude. Like, he's far too great of an offensive specimen for you not to do your offense the way that it is. So, I mean, it it's obviously something fun for people to talk about. Everybody wants to say, yeah, the Warriors is better without KD. They ain't lost a game since that nigga went down and all of this stuff. But, I mean, come on, man. This is Kevin Durant. This is arguably the best player in the world. How can you be better without the best player in the world? But, yeah, man, let's uh let's talk about your boy now, man. 
He has been playing out of his mind. And that guy is, for those who don't know, Steph Curry, man. He, uh, I, I don't even know what to, how to explain, how to put it into words. He was flat out phenomenal. He's been phenomenal since Kevin Durant went down. And like you said, we've we heard all of the Steph backlash, but for all of that backlash, we're not seeing the respect that he should be getting. So that being said, man, is Steph back to his old ways? Is he back to that back-to-back MVP level of play as far as Steph is concerned? You see, it's hard for me to say he he back back because I don't really ever feel like this level of play ever left him. I, I think that just opportunities. Yeah, it's just been that he's been playing with KD. He hasn't. And I think that one thing that a lot of people overlook as far as playing with a player as good as KD, no matter how good you are, I mean, yeah, Steph Steph knows that he's a great player, but he doesn't think that he's a better player than KD. So, like, when you got a guy like that on your team, after a while, after a couple months or weeks or whatever, you just – start to naturally defer like you don't even realize that you're doing it but you just like naturally like oh i ain't got to get a bucket right here kd got that you know what i'm saying like it's just, it's just a natural human thing to just start after a while naturally deferring d way did it with, with braun like it just naturally happens um so i think that part of it was that um which is why i've been saying which i've said on here multiple times I think that KD is leaving, and I'm ready for him to leave. Um, I'm not gonna be mad if he does stay, but I'm I'm ready I'm ready for KD to leave just because I'm ready to start seeing this Steph Curry again. I think people forget who Steph was before KD arrived. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because I I, I want to say it was uh, maybe last year, sometime last year, you made a statement. And I didn't agree with the statement, but I agree with it 100% now. You said Steph Curry is the only superstar that has ever had to sacrifice as much as he's sacrificing. He, We've never asked a superstar in any era to sacrifice as much as Steph is when it comes to taking a back seat. At the time when you said that, I'm like... I don't know. It was a few people that popped into my head, and I'm like, I don't know. I didn't see Kobe sacrifice with Shaq, and like you said, uh, D Wade sacrifice with Braun. But when you really think about it, none of these guys had to do that at a time where they were completely at their best. We were asking, well, we're asking a guy like Steph Curry, who is a back to back MVP, the only unanimous MVP winner ever to take a back seat to another guy. It's crazy if you think about it in the terms of that. Completely throw the names out and just say, uh, we got a two-time MVP on our team, but we're going to need him to take a step back for a guy that's only won one MVP. Like, just the thought of that is like, what? Like, that don't make sense. Why would the two-time MVP take a step back for somebody that only won one? Like, that's that's crazy. And like I said, you brought it up a while ago, but now that I'm really thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, like he has had to sacrifice a lot. So I, I agree with well, I understand why you're excited or why you're uh why you would like to see KD leave so Steph can step back up. I, I think that would be that would obviously be exciting for us to watch. Yeah, because the disrespect has been <laughs> out of control these past couple years. Like 
Like, like now people kind of acting surprised like they never seen this dude before. Like, I understand that he still, he did go crazy in this series, but still, like, it's, it shouldn't surprise me. I don't understand why it's surprising. I don't, that's what I don't understand. Like you said, only unanimous MVP ever. I mean, I mean <laughs> ain't nothing else that really need to yeah, be said. I mean, why are we getting surprised? I don't, I don't understand it. But, um, yeah, Steph, Steph, he was 37, 8, and 7 in this series against Portland. Set a new playoff record for points in the sweep. And I was just about to ask if you saw that. Damn right. 146 <laughs> points in the sweep. Mind that's you, special. he just passed Shaq, too. So that's a huge right. accomplishment. Like, he ain't passed just some bums. He passed Shaq, LeBron, and Kobe in doing yep. that. So and set a record for uh, threes in a, in a uh, sweep. Broke his own record. And the previous record was 22 against the Cavs last year. He had 26 in this series. So, I mean, he's definitely playing at a high level. Um, I mean, goodness. triple. And I was about to say, ended the series with a 37-point triple-double like it wasn't nothing. Yeah, I mean, and I still seen some people today talking about Kyrie, a better all-around player than Steph Curry. Like, I was, oh there's no reason. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know Kyrie is my guy. You know that's my guy. Kyrie and Kevin Durant are my two favorite players in the NBA. But what the fuck? Like, <laughs> they don't even belong in the same sentence. Unless we're talking about handles. We're talking about patting the ball and okay. As far as anything else, give me Steph Curry, man. He's better in every other aspect of the game. I don't even think it's close. Yeah, man. Like I said, I don't even comment on those posts, man. Which is cra- which is crazy because do you remember like a couple years ago you was like niggas about to stop making niggas about to start making me hate Kyrie because they comparing him to Steph, and now you to a point where you like, bro, I'm not even responding to that. Like that shit is just that don't because it's, it's, it's not it's even really worth much, it. It's really that much distance between them two, and I, I agree. I agree. Like, it's not even worth even debating that shit. But uh, as far as Steph and Draymond last night, te- first teammates in, with triple doubles in playoff history, that's special. I'm trying to figure out who the hell the teammates was that ever did it before, period. The only people I could think of would be the Big O and uh, Kareem. Can you think it? I ain't look it up because I wanted to ask you if you could just think of it right off the top who you think it would be. I can, mm, I if I had to think off the top, um... Maybe somebody like a, a um, Jason Kidd and somebody else, or uh, who uh, who did Jason Kidd play with? Maybe like a, a I don't know, man. Maybe a maybe a Richard Jefferson, but I feel like it'd be hard for Richard Jefferson to get the dimes. I could see yeah. uh, maybe Magic, uh, Magic and Worthy. That wouldn't be too outlandish for the simple fact that obviously Magic is going to dish it and do what he does. Maybe but either Magic and Kareem. Yeah, I was thinking that, but the reason why I le- lean more in the direction of a worthy is because they both got Kareem defeated to. True. Yeah. So, uh, and it's obviously worthy was a guy who didn't uh, score the ball a whole bunch. Like, obviously, he was capable of it, and he did it on most nights, but he wasn't the guy that you turned to. It was like, oh, he gonna go get the buckets tonight. Like, he had a fairly uh, well-rounded game. So, he's not a guy that's gonna force shots. If he sees an opportunity to dish it to a better player, 
I figured he would do that. So I can see them doing it, but I mean, come on. Uh, actually, uh, it wouldn't be outlandish to think of Kobe and Shaq doing it at one point in time. Uh, because Shaq had, I believe Shaq had a triple double with blocks one time or some shit like that. Yeah, that was the magic Shaq though. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he, uh, he almost had a quadruple double with the Lakers one year. Yeah, it must have been that first year with LA. <laughs> but yeah, I could see that happening. But I don't know, man. That's that's a crazy accomplishment. <clears throat> and the crazy thing about it was I didn't uh watch the end of the game last night. I think I stopped watching it in a third or some shit like that. And I think I fell asleep and I was just like I for some reason like I wanna say the uh the Blazers were up maybe about ten or something. And I just knew, like, even with me, like, dozing off, I'm like, the Warriors will come back and win this game. But I didn't think in my wildest dreams that Steph and Draymond would both have triple doubles. And when I went to go look at the box score earlier, uh, first thing I went to was, what Steph do? Oh, he had 37. Then I uh, looked at Draymond's stat line. I'm like, oh, he had a triple double. Then I backed out. And when I backed out, the article popped up and said Steph and Draymond becoming the first player, first teammates to have triple doubles. And I went, I was saying, what? How did I miss that? I saw the 37 points and didn't even see he had a triple double. Like that, that shit is a huge accomplishment. And in the in a closeout game in the Western Conference Finals. Man, like, like I don't think people really realize the magnitude. Two teammates with triple doubles, bro. One of them, a 37-point triple-double, bro. Come on, man. That's crazy. That's and unreal, and it's not even one of them uh, them stat-padded triple-doubles or an inefficient 37-triple-double. Like, both of those triple-doubles, if they were to stand alone and not had the other player get a triple-double, they both would have been like, damn, that was a tough-ass triple-double tonight. Like, he ain't really turning chicken over like that. He wasn't out here forcing stuff. Like, it was a – like uh, – a legit triple double, something. a nice triple double to watch. All the plays where they meant something. There wasn't no no cheap boards or no, right. no no janky just toss it ahead assist or nothing like that. Those were all like within the flow of a close game, trying to come back. Exactly. Big time stats. Like it was just big time play after big time play. I can't really like I'm ready for people to start respecting Draymond too. The crazy th- man, crazy thing about that is, is I was going to say this and I was going to wait for you to finish, but now that you brought up Draymond, I'm gonna just go out on a limb and say this: if that series that ended last night was the NBA Finals, I think we go into another year of Steph Curry not having an NBA Finals MVP because to me, Draymond was the most valuable player in that series. And I can't, I can't argue that. My goodness, like it's crazy. It's I think it's crazy because we almost expect Draymond to do what he does, but I don't even think consciously we realize what we're expecting out of him. We're expecting a lot out of this guy, and, and people want to call him shitty. Man, we're expecting him to be the best <laughs> defender on the court. We're expecting him to be a rim protector. We're expecting him to be able to pass the ball as well as he does. We're expecting him to be able to knock down the open three when he gets it. We're expecting him to rebound at a high level. Like We're expecting a lot out of this guy night in, night out. And when he doesn't do one, we complain. We like, Draymond wasn't really doing this. Draymond wasn't really doing that. And on top of all of that, 
we're expecting this man to control his temper, which is extremely hard to do for him, apparently. And be a leader for that team. Exactly. He's, he's, Draymond wear a lot of hats, dog. And people need to, like, I, I, I understand the casual basketball fan thinking Draymond's a script, but it really bothers me to watch guys who play basketball and and know the game to really sit here and try to tell me that they don't think Draymond's a valuable player. I just don't understand it. I, I can't understand it from a person who really knows basketball. I just don't get it. He's He does everything on the floor that you need. He's a championship piece. Like, you can't win the title without that type of guy. I agree. And it's crazy when we think about it in that aspect because, obviously, to us, we're like, yeah, I mean – Obviously, like you said, he's a championship piece. But then you go back to what we talked about a few episodes ago. The players in the NBA rated him the second most overrated player in the NBA. Like how? Like I don't. I like. I felt like there was so much validity in the Russell Westbrook statement, but it kind of threw me for a loop a little bit for them calling Draymond overrated because it's like. Honestly, for one, what can't he do on a court? For two, how is he overrated? Like, nobody is running around calling Draymond the best player in the NBA. Nobody's calling Draymond the best player on the Warriors. Nobody's calling Draymond the second or third best player on Golden State's team. So how is he overrated? Where's the overrated coming in at? I think it's more from a players don't really fuck with Draymond. Yeah, that's what I think, too. And I think people are mad that he ends up on the all-star team and his number's not high. But, I mean, I mean, shit. He, he's an he a all-star. He's at least an all I won't say that he should make the all-star game every year, but he's an all-star caliber player. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He he's should definitely be in the conversation every year. Every year, period. Like, there's, there's no way he, he shouldn't be. There's got to be value more than just points, man. Or else, what are we teaching out here? Fact. So, um, talked about Steph. Talked about our pick and roll podcast fan poll of the week. Hold on, excuse me. Before we, before we get off of Draymond, I just got to. Uh, there was two things that he has done that has showed me that. He really does deserve the max money, and he's maturing as a player. What's that? Uh, he dropped 20 pounds since uh, – I don't remember the exact date, but coming off that foot injury, he had picked up 20 pounds, and now he backed down to his weight that he was playing at in 2016. Tough. That's one, that's one reason why we're seeing a different Draymond. Dedication. And another, thing, and another thing is that his mom and his girlfriend got onto him about arguing with the refs all the time, and he said that he – paid attention on film and he said he didn't like the way he looked out there and he's done with that shit too and that's another thing that's another reason why we see a different Draymond I gotta tip my hat to him for that he's maturing as a player I think that Draymond really does deserve that max bread cash him out and it's scary to think about a player like Draymond who's been on a championship team for year after year after year for his whole career and He's continuing to mature as a player. Like, he's not even at his peak yet. He's still maturing as a player. And they come in, like, they're chasing after a three-peat championship. Like, whoo! I don't care what the future looks like in Golden State. If you keep uh, Steph Curry and you keep Draymond, they're going to be in a conversation for a championship until those guys start to get ready to retire. Simple as that. Because both of those guys together have the mindset that can lead just about any troop of guys to the championship. But 
Before we get off the Warriors, one more question. Can the Warriors win the finals without Kevin Durant? I'll take this one first. I think that it would be much more difficult for Golden State to win the finals without Kevin Durant, but it's not impossible. I think that they can win a championship without Kevin Durant, and I think a lot of it's going to depend on the matchup as well and what that other team does. I think to like if they were to have to go against uh, like the Cavaliers team that they faced um, before LeBron left, if they had to face that Cavaliers team and you ask me this question with this roster, I would say no for the simple fact that they would have that man, which is LeBron James, that you know is going to bring it every night in the finals. I would say that no, they wouldn't win it. But on the flip side, now you look at it, they're either going to have to see a guy in Kawhi or a guy in Giannis, which rightfully so, both of those guys are dogs. They're (laughs) animals. But they're not quite to that LeBron James level, especially not to LeBron James that we saw uh, in the finals the last few years. And the reason why I say that is because we've seen a guy like Giannis have a night like he had the other night where he only had 12 points. Against Golden State, that's going to cost you. That's going to cost you. You got to be yourself every night against Golden State, or it's going they're going to blow their doors off, and next thing you know, your your whole team morale going to be down. So it's going to depend on what team they face and what level of play that team comes. If they play against a Milwaukee team and Giannis plays his best brand of basketball the entire series, I like Milwaukee in that series without Kevin Durant. Nope. But <laughs> but if we're talking the Giannis that we've seen throughout the playoffs, I just don't think that Giannis can string together seven straight games because, I mean, they're not going to beat – if they beat Golden State, they're definitely not going to beat Golden State in less than seven. So, basically, you're going to have to play your best brand of basketball seven games straight, and I don't see Giannis doing that against a team like Golden State. And I don't, I don't think Toronto makes it out of this series. But even if they did – I don't like their chances against a Golden State at all. Like, zip zero. I don't like it. But, yeah, to answer the question, yes, Golden State can win the playoffs without or win the finals without KD. It'll be a little more difficult. But you get KD out there, no matter who they face, I think that they'll win the finals in uh, six, maybe even five. But without KD, I think it pushes to seven, depending on who they face. They They played Milwaukee. I wouldn't be surprised to see them be- beat Milwaukee in six, but I think that it will go seven, um, mostly because uh, Milwaukee's got the best record, right? they got the best record in the league, so they will have home court advantage. Um, Toronto doesn't stand a chance. I see with or without Kevin. With Kevin Durant, I can see a sweep <laughs> on the horizon. Without Kevin Durant, I can see Golden State winning in five. So, yes. They can't win without KD. What's your take on it? Yeah, I think that they will win without KD. I don't. I don't think that anybody left can beat this Warriors team right now. I think that all this doubt from everybody has created a hunger in the, that we haven't seen out the Warriors since maybe 2015. Scary thought, just to think that a team that's coming off back-to-back championships now has ammo heading into the championship. They can't yeah, they can't get complacent now. I think that's the defi- deciding factor, 
And if it's going to be the Bucks, I think early in the series, experience plays a big factor. And um, I, I think that it'll be something that the Bucks won't be able to overcome. I think they might drop a game or two early based off of just inexperience. They and do that. It's not, over. That's what I'm saying, and not be able to recover from it. I, I don't think – I don't think that this Warriors team is going to lose regardless of if KD comes back or not. I think that especially if KD doesn't come back, this Warriors team wins just because everybody's going to be doubting them. And they haven't really been the underdog in a long time. And I think that's something dangerous that you don't want to – that's some ammo that you don't want to give to this Warriors team. Bulletin board material. We saw it happen firsthand uh, in the NFL this past year. With uh, Tom Brady, obviously a guy who most people was like, yeah, they're going to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. But then you had a couple people saying otherwise. You have Rams coming out saying certain things, Ram players. And Tom Brady said it. He said, we use that as bulletin board material. Like, we let people think we're the underdog, and we use that as motivation. (coughs) And that's exactly what you'll see out of this Warriors team. Um if they don't have KD, I believe. I agree with that 100%. But um, they just pretty much got Portland out the way. And we saw Portland have a career game out of a guy, Myers Leonard. Um, Dame wasn't half bad last night, and neither was CJ McCollum. But even with that being said, they still couldn't get over that hump and win the game. So my question is, as far as Portland goes, what does Portland need to do to get over that hump to become a better ball club? What can they do? What kind of pieces can they add? What do they need to change in order to be able to actually contend for a uh, a championship? Because I don't this team was good, but I don't like I've I view getting swept in the Western Conference Finals. I don't view that as being a contender for a championship. I consider that as a team that got there and didn't know what to do once they got there. You pretty much lucked up until the Western Conference final. <laughs> Excuse me. So, what do you think needs to change in Portland? What do you think that they need to do in order to get to the next step? Man, it pains me to say this, man, but I think they're going to have to let go of one of them two guys, man. Mm. I, don't, I don't think they... I, I think this is their their peak as far as that backcourt is concerned, man. I don't think I don't think you can do much more with those two guys just because defensively they're just mm-hmm. – I mean, we just saw it. I mean, Steph really just did whatever he wanted to. And Clay, he wasn't really hitting, but, I mean, he was – He was comfortable. Yeah, I mean, there, were, there was nothing out there that just – He got every shot it, he wanted. It's just too, it's just too easy. And – um. I got a stat that just like we we consider Dame this great playoff player and all this stuff, but like for his career, his playoff plus minus is minus two fifteen. This was before before Game Four. Mm. It's the second lowest to anybody in the league behind Demar Derozan. That, you know that's crazy, and it it clearly doesn't have much to do with the offense. It's just. It's, he he just not going to be that good of a defender. Mm-hmm. So, clearly, you don't want to get rid of Dame because he can't defend, but you can't have his two-guard being – Somebody that can't defend somebody, either. Exactly, somebody else that can't defend. 
Now you're now you're in the pickle. You got to have somebody that can guard. They're gonna have to get rid of one of those two guys. Obviously, it's not gonna be Dame. So I mean, I know they love CJ and everything, but I mean, you got the Warriors without KD and a team that's built for a Warriors team with KD. Like you know, what I'm saying like this Warriors team is built to have KD. This isn't. Because next year, they're going to have longer guys mm-hmm. coming off the bench because KD's going to be gone. There's no, there's not no whole bunch of length on this team or nothing like that, like how the Warriors, Warriors was built before KD got there. So you get this Warriors team without KD, and you get swept. You can't get one dub. You give up three back-to-back 15-plus leads to lose the series. Bro, do you know that the Warriors trailed 101 minutes oh, and only, shoot. only led 83 minutes of the series, bro? That's crazy. And swept them. Not 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 won the series. Yeah, they, they ain't squeak them. it out. They <laughs> they swept them, boys. That's and, crazy. And the led for almost 20 more minutes in that series and got swept, bro. Yeah, that's there's, that's there's crazy. Nothing, there, there's nothing that they can add to this team right now. That's gonna make them any better. They gotta, they gotta, they gotta. I don't, it's tough to say you coming off the Western Conference Finals and you need to rebuild, but this team, the way it's built, is not winning nothing, bro. I'm sorry. I don't care what you add to it. Like, at I mean, it's as simple as that. I agree. I agree. It's time to part ways with those guys. And one of them, yeah. And clearly not. I, I love both of them. I like them together, but I just. As far as championship contending, who they going to beat to get out the West, man? Yeah, you're asking to go up a steep hill because you beat a, a a Nuggets team in seven games. So you was really one game away or a couple possessions away from not even being in the Western Conference Finals at all. Um, excuse me. I also beat a team in – they beat the Thunder, right? First round? Yeah. A team that people didn't even expect you to beat in the first round. So basically – you won two series that people didn't think that you were going to win. So, obviously, that's a win in your book. But along with that, you can't compete with the team that you really need to compete with in order to be where you want to be. And I think right now is better than any time for you to make a move. You got C.J. McCollum playing at the highest level that he's played of his career. His trade value is out of this world right now. What you do in this offseason is extremely pivotal to where you want to be or where you're going to be within the next few years. I say you trade CJ right now. Don't bring him back another year. Don't let his value decrease. None of that. Get him out of there now. And get him out of there for, for a piece that can complement Dame or pieces that can complement Dame and make things more attractive. Here's what I what I see. I think if you're Portland, you look into trading for a major piece. Nobody's really talked about this at all. AD. Bingo. Bingo. You took the words right out of my mouth. Nobody's talked about that it at all why not trade cj mccollum for anthony davis even if it is for a year 
You trade and get that guy right now. Couple him alongside Anthony Davis. That right there alone, boom. You go do that. You do that now. You do that as soon as for the simple fact that if you bring in Anthony Davis, you got Dame Lillard. Now you're attractive to some free agents. And you don't got to go out and get nobody crazy. Go out and sign Jimmy Butler. Go out and, and sign Jimmy way, Butler. I'm not all the way convinced AD wouldn't, wouldn't fuck with playing with, uh, with Dame Lillard, dog. I Man, that's, like it there. And that's the thing. You go out and get a guy like Jimmy Butler. Now you got Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, Dame Dollar. And you know like you got it. your role pieces. You got your pe- your guys that are already there right now that aren't going to ask for a whole bunch of money. And the West- you still got your guys. And that that to me that trio that's a nice combination. You got somebody alongside Dame that's going to help share the load defensively as far as Jimmy Butler. And then on top of that, you got arguably the best defensive uh, big man in the game yeah, with Anthony Davis. So rim- your rim protection is crazy exactly. now. And I like I like I like that. And the West is gonna be more wide open next year, assuming that KD goes to the East to the Knicks, where everybody basically assumes that's where KD going. So I mean, I, I like it. I, I like that move a lot. Um, that who gonna be able to package something better than a or, package with CJ McCullum in it? Or if you have the money, if you have the money. Like I said, trade C.J. McCollum for Anthony Davis. Go after Kawhi. I like that combination as well. I like that combination a little more. Just for the simple fact that you know what you're getting out of Kawhi. Kawhi wants to be in a situation that's better than what he's in right now. You cannot tell me that it's not it would not be appealing to him to go play with Anthony Davis and Dame Lillard in a Western Conference, which is where he already wants to be anyway in the West. So you you put him in a situation like that, and I mean I don't know if they got the money to go out and do that, but I think you, it's a lot easier for you to go out and get Jimmy Butler as opposed to Kawhi. But even with that, man, even if you can't get Anthony Davis and they don't want to trade Anthony Davis. You got other guys that you can go out there and trade for. You can still go out and get Jimmy Butler in free agency. Go trade and get Kevin Love. Go trade and get you some more pieces that you know for a fact that they'll bite on. Right now, um, who do, who do they have the Cavs drafting? Um, like five or six? Yeah, I want to say somewhere around. Oh, they got them drafting old boy. Uh, uh. DeAndre Hunter, ain't it? Well, they got number. Yeah, y'all got the fourth. They got y'all thinking about taking him. Oh no! Nah, they got us taking Darius Garland. Oh yeah, Yeah. and they got uh, they got him going right after that to the Cavs, if I'm not mistaken. And that's a good pickup. But the Cavs are looking for some scoring. That's not going to be your score. You go out and get C.J. McCollum. There you go. There's your scoring. You trade for C.J. McCollum. And he's from Ohio. Bingo. I mean, I feel like that's a good trade. You could go out and get uh, Kevin Love, and Kevin Love will compliment uh, will compliment Dame. And like I said, the only missing piece is go out and get a free agent. And I'm telling you, man, that's a more uh, a more appealing destination than people give it credit for, just for the simple fact that Dame is down there. Dame's a player that a lot of NBA players would love to play for, just for the simple fact that it's been shown that Dame knows how to take a step back when it's not his time. 
when he's not like going off out here, he knows how like okay, it's not my night. Let me take a step back and feed this guy. He's he's shown that he did that with CJ McCollum. So Dame's a guy that people will enjoy playing with. I think that right now that's that's the best move for you. You go out and trade CJ McCollum, get you some pieces, and see how see how the you know the cookie crumbles after that. But as far as getting over that hump, like you said, it it's not something that people want to think about. It's not something that even Portland wants to do. But in order for you to get better, it's something you have to do. Get rid of CJ McCollum now. Why his trade value is high? Like I said, I know CJ. I listen to CJ's podcast, so I know how much he loves the city of Portland and how much the city loves him. But I mean, the only way that I can see them being successful with them two together is if they both top five in scoring in the league. So that means one of them gonna be near thirty, and the other one got to be at least twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. And I think we're asking a lot out of them that's if that ask, happens. Yes, that's asking a lot out of those guys to both average almost 30 a night. This is not going to happen. No, not out of – I think CJ – CJ, I think he at best he's probably going to be like a 24, 25-point-per-game guy, which is not bad at all. By any not point. at all. But, I mean, I, don't, I can't see him ever reaching 27, 28 a night. I just don't see that. If he do, I mean, hey, that's what's up. But I just don't see that out of him. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, man, let's let's jump to uh, our next topic. We saw uh, Kawhi play a career high in minutes last game. They're actually playing right now. Um, but with that being the case, he played 52 minutes. And he even came out and made a statement after the game and said, shit, I basically played an hour of basketball. Like, not just an hour of pickup like how most people do. He played an hour of the highest level of basketball that you can play. That, ugh, that that's, man, that's asking a lot. So um, how detrimental do you think that that will be moving forward? We've seen Kawhi in, uh, throughout, this, throughout this season. We've seen him have his moments to where, or throughout this series for 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 instance, we've seen him a little bit fatigued. Do you think that that fifty-two minute game is going to uh, hurt them as a team moving forward in this series? Uh, no, only because <laughs> they ain't gonna win it anyway. <laughs> it don't matter what they do. <laughs> this one's over, man. I mean, Kawhi guarded Giannis forty-one possessions in that last game, held him to 12 points in 44 minutes. Middleton had what, nine? Nine, yeah. So you hold a two-star players to 21 points, and you still take double overtime and 52 <laughs> minutes from your star to win by what, four points, five points? Yeah. There's nothing they can do to win this series. I, I do think that – Winning tonight is possible. I'm not watching the game as we speak, so I'm not sure what the score is or anything. But I do think that it's possible they tied up 2-2. But this series is not going no further than six. There's no way in hell that the Raptors is beating the Bucks. Because, I, I, I mean, Giannis gave you basically nothing. And, and Middleton gave you nothing. And y'all still almost lost the game. So, 
is if if Middleton and Kawhi, I mean Middleton and Giannis is just like a tick better than they was last game, they can win. Like it's, it's just not a good situation for the Raptors. Just a bad matchup. Yeah, and right but, now as the game's going on, it's halftime. Toronto is up by 10, 65-55. And those two guys, Middleton and Giannis, have more points now than they had uh, last game. Giannis has 14 and a half. Chris Middleton has 16 and a half. And he's only missed one shot in Chris Middleton. Um, good thing Kawhi only has five points and they're still winning. So but that's I told, cool. I told but, y'all this was their best chance of winning. That's the, is to let Kawhi just – he got to slow down Giannis. But we've seen that even their best chance ain't very much of a chance. Yeah, and <laughs> me, me and Sauce both said that it's cool to do that for certain games, but you can't do that in an entire series. And I think that's what Toronto has done. The first two games, they went with having Siakam guard him. And it wasn't anything crazy to where we saw, oh, yeah, Giannis is flat out unstoppable out there. He, he did a good job defending Giannis, but they still weren't winning the game. So now the as games. a coach, you make that adjustment. Okay, now we have to see what we look like with uh, Kawhi Gordon Giannis. We got to see if that gives us a better chance. Obviously, I feel like it does. Anybody knows that it does. But like you said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did that. You, you, you did what you were supposed to do. You combated Giannis's offensive talent by throwing Kawhi on him. And it worked. It did everything you wanted it to do. But the rest of the guys beat you, and the rest of the guys wasn't even Middleton. Yeah, you won that game on the scoreboard, but as far as your scheme, you lost that game. You lost it. You lost that game mentally because it's like, fuck. These niggas only, like like you said, what they score, what? 21 points combined? And you had to go to double overtime to beat these guys. I mean, hey, that, that should that's... have been a twelve-point victory. Fact, least. fact. Not to, man- not to mention Giannis even fouled out, so it wasn't like down the stretch you still had to worry about Kawhi guarding this guy. He was gone. So I mean, like you said, man, it's <laughs> what more can you do? I don't think there's anything you can do to win this series. And, I mean, <laughs> just <laughs> win about five points without those guys. It's just like, man, I, I don't know. Like, it's that's not even a moral victory in my book. And Kawhi's out here walking just like he was yesterday. As gingerly as he was walking, he's looking even more that way. Well, he just put Giannis on a poster, though. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I think that Yes, it's going to be detrimental, um, mostly because we're seeing the effects of it now. Kawhi only has, well, eight points now. He just dunked on Giannis and got an and one. But halftime he had five points, so he's going to have to turn it up a notch in the second half in order for them to win this game. Or, yeah, win this game. If you win this game, then what does that mean? Obviously that's good, but now you're prolonging the series and you're going back to Milwaukee. Are you going to go back to Milwaukee and use the same game plan and have Kawhi guard Giannis again? Because if you do, now you got more trouble. You probably won't win another game in the series. I can't imagine he's guarding Giannis very much tonight. Mm, he was on that possession I just watched. But 
Uh, I'm not for sure if he has been throughout the game. Game one, he guarded him eight possessions, and then game two, he guarded him 11. Game, like I said, game three, he guarded him for 41. Mm-hmm, primarily. Yeah. He's on him right now. He's the primary defender. And, and another thing I wanted to point to, too, guarded him for 41 possessions. He only had two fouls. I told y'all he's not a fouler. It's not. It's not Kawhi. He's just not. It's, it's not. not we're not. We were not saying that it was going to happen every night. We're saying throughout a series, one of those nights, if you guard Giannis every night, you're bound to get in foul trouble one or two of those nights. Um, we know how great of a defender he is. I know. At least I do. I, know, I don't know about know. Sauce, but you know Kawhi's my guy. Like that's been my guy. I fuck with Kawhi. That's. Like I was telling my wife, Kawhi's probably my third favorite player in the league, and he's been that way for a while behind KD and Kyrie. But and it's actually that. pretty close for for him being second. But it's – yeah, I know I know his expertise and how good he is, but it's – I don't know, man. It's, it's one, asking a lot. He was he was 5 for 16 overall. He was 1 for 9 against Kawhi. Still, there he is again. He He just, like I said – I, I didn't I didn't see him holding him to twelve points or nothing like that. I just felt like he could make he could make Giannis make it hard uncomfortable because mm-hmm. Giannis cannot dribble not definitely not well enough to be dribbling around a guy like Kawhi. Like, <laughs> exactly. That that was my main thing is and, and Kawhi is not going to play off of you because you have no jumper. He's getting up in whoever he guarding every night. That's a fact. So that's why I felt like Giannis was going to struggle guarding Kawhi. But if their coach got any type of sense, he'd just put him on the block or find some ways to get him on the block to where he don't have to dribble the ball. That's a fact. And then so you got shooters would, all around him, especially with the way Brooke Lopez has been shooting the ball. I still think Kawhi will force him into tough shots on the block, but at least he don't have to dribble dribble the ball and right. eliminate the eight turnovers that he had in game three as well. Like like I, Kawhi, like I said, Kawhi made him uncomfortable. I, I, that's what I thought could happen, and that's exactly what happened in game three. He made him extremely uncomfortable. Well, Kawhi's come to play in the second half. He's got the first five points off the break. So, yeah, he, he's looking like that guy. Um, they should have started him out on them, man. Like I said, you just got – the role player – somebody just going to have to get some buckets, bro. If they don't stop Giannis, they don't stand a chance because the role players on the Bucks is going to get off a little bit too. And you can't afford to be just letting Giannis just get 27, 29 easy buckets. Like, you just can't allow it. Man, I think even in game one, if you put Kawhi on them, they lose that ball game just because it's of the possible. way Brooke Lopez played. Because, like I said, we, we see that they don't have much of a chance even with Kawhi doing basically an A-plus defensive game. They still don't have much of a chance, but it's their best chance. Maybe one night maybe one night they get somebody that catch fire like Brooke Lopez did and get it done. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just got to hope for that. But you can't ask for Kawhi. To just go get thirty every night, I feel like need you we need chance. it. We need it. You you got a way better chance of asking him to go out there and just slow Giannis down for the series and bank on somebody else to get you some buckets, bro. Man, you. not with the way these boys been looking. You saw their only win in the series. Kawhi had what thirty six. What he averaged last series thirty five. So yeah. like me and Saul said, in order for them to win a game or two, they're going to need Kawhi to be Kawhi. Like if they win this game tonight. Kawhi's going to have to, like I said, he's going to have to turn it up in the second half. They're not going to win no games in this series if Kawhi don't score 35 or more. And, yes, it's asking a lot, 
But that's what has to happen with this type of uh, core that they've got around him. As simple as that. But still, he, he got he got some decent performances in Game Three too, though. Yeah, that's true. It's the the rope. The Raptors need some role players to step up because then it's going to allow Kawhi to play some good defense from Giannis, and that gives them their best chance. Their best chance is not fifty-two minutes from Kawhi Leonard. That's a fact. That's a fact. Exactly. So, yeah, that's basically what I was about to ask you. What does Toronto have to do to win the series? And I don't really think that there's much they can do to win the series, but to make it more competitive, it's exactly what you just said. Like, unless they get career nights from role players, I don't see them winning for the rest of the series. Yeah, like they're gonna need a career night every night for the rest of the series from one or multiple players, a different player every night. Like they want the only way. And couple that with Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi got to go off too, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really think there's much that they can do to win this series. They're just outmatched right now. And this is pretty much, I mean, I think this is it. This is this will be the last that we see of Kawhi in Toronto Um, as far as, you know, the future is concerned. I think this series will pretty much uh, end that for them. But let's, uh, let's talk about my Lakers, man, I guess. Magic, uh, Magic recently opened up about the Lakers and why he stepped down and why he did what he did. Uh, I pretty much watched that whole uh, episode and there was a lot to take away from it. Um, What were your thoughts on what Magic said as far as him opening up about that whole Laker debacle? Man, it's a lot to unpack. Um, But I think mainly what I what I took from it because I I watched well I didn't watch it because I was at work but I listened to it while I was at work so I, I was listening to it and from what from the way I heard it man is that Magic know who the problem is but he don't want to say it all he want to keep saying is that's my sister mm-hmm. that's my sister like I feel like when he's saying that he like. I ain't going to throw her under the bus. Y'all know who it is. <laughs> she, they got, we got too many people influencing decisions. Like, he just kept hinting at it. like, But he, but he it was like he ain't want to say it. Like, like, bro, we know who the problem is, man. Like, I mean, obviously he had issues with Rob Palenka too. But a lot of his issues was that I feel like a lot of his issues was with Jeannie Buss, and, and he ain't really want to say that on national TV. So that's how I really took it. I mean, it, it was just a big – it's a big power struggle, and she got too many people making decisions that shouldn't even be anywhere around them. That's, that's my takeaway, man. As a Laker fan, I ain't going to lie, man. I am terrified at what our future holds. When you got a guy like Rob Palenka in the position that he's in, like he said, oh, Giannis just did Kawhi pretty bad. But, um, yeah, you, you, get, you have a guy like Rob Palenka who is in the position that he's in, and it's scary now more so that Magic isn't there because you have a person in Genie Bus who we've said, like it, it appears that she's the problem. But not only is she the problem, she is the problem, but 
she has she doesn't know she's the problem because she doesn't know where to go from here and more importantly she has a person who's manipulative and who has the power to manipulate her enough to basically do whatever he wants and what is not best for the Laker organization with magic being there you had somebody to combat that if Rob Palenka came out and said some magic obviously would step up and be like Nah, that's not what we need to do. That's not in the best interest of the Lakers. And Jeannie would likely, you know, probably sway toward Magic. But now that Magic isn't there, she doesn't have a choice but to sway toward Rob Palenka no matter what it is. And we saw that happen. Like Magic said, I thought Ty Lue was the better option there. But they decided to go Frank Vogel. They didn't decide to go Frank Vogel. Rob Palenka decided to go Frank Vogel because... For one, he felt like he could control Frank Vogel. For two, he demanded the contract and demanded to put people on the coaching staff. And like like I said, that hire was all about power. That was a power hire just for Rob Palenka to get somebody in office to where he could flex his muscle whenever he wanted to. And now that we have basically the floor set for Rob Palenka to make all the decisions. It's scary, man. It's it's scary because, like I said, Jeannie Buss don't know what she wants to do. And if she don't know what she wants to do, she's going to she's going to go with whatever Rob Palenka says. Rob Palenka could be like, you know what? Fuck this Laker roster. Let's go out and offer Kobe a two-year contract and bring him back. Jeannie going to be like, all right. Especially for Kobe. Exactly. Nah, but y'all got this Tim Harris dude in there making helping make decisions too. The Bus Brothers trying to trying to help make decisions. Like Magic said, too many cooks in the kitchen, man. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. It's it's just too much going on. Y'all got too much going on, and it's crazy. Magic talking about it. He was offered uh, flexibility as far as not having to be in the office all the time and more. He was offered more power. Then they wouldn't let him fire uh, Luke Walton. Luke. Mm-hmm. And then soon as Magic stepped down, they fired Luke Walton. Like, it's just like... It's too much going on, man. Yeah, like, what is going tug on? Tug and pull. Too much tug like, and pull, man. It's a whole like, bunch it, of tug it, of war going on. I feel Magic, though, man. If you're the president of basketball operations and they won't let you fire the head coach... What am I here for? <laughs> exactly. You got to step down. Like, why? what am I wasting my time for? Like he and said, I done bought y'all it. arguably the biggest superstar in free agency and y'all's free agency history. And, and making more money doing other shit anyway. Yeah. So like, well, I don't need to stress me, about this. You're going to judge me on if we're successful or not, and you won't even let me bring in my people. Right. You got all these people that don't know nothing about basketball really out here trying to help me make decisions and overruling me and shit. Like, nah, I'm good. And like I said, his issue is really with Jeannie Buss, but he don't really want to say it. And then um, another thing, my only issue with Magic is still the way he handled this shit was still, I feel like, somewhat childish. Because, I mean, if you really feel like somebody was talking behind your back about your work ethic and shit, all you had to really do was have a conversation with the dude y'all work together you you could have just pulled them to the side and just been like like yeah what's the problem it, like you know what i'm saying y'all could have talked it out if if that really was the issue 
I think that was the issue, but I don't think Rob Palenka is a guy that would actually stick to his guns and be like, yeah, you know, I got issues with you. I think he would be like, what? No, of course I'm not having issues with you, Magic. We don't know that, though. We don't know that. He ain't say he did. He He didn't say he didn't, though. He talked about everything else. I think Magic would have. I can't imagine Magic being that type of guy. Like he said, he was warned up front about Rob Palenka. Like, people, like, other agents was like, yo, you got, you have to watch your back with him. And like he said, he shunned it away like, nah, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He got a clean slate. But like he said, then it started coming from people that he actually trusted. Like, they were telling him certain things about Rob that was going on behind his back. So that's when Magic made it a point to be like, you know what? Okay, something got to change here. And I don't, I don't, Magic to me, the Magic Johnson that I've seen, like even throughout his career, I've seen him be a guy that does shy away from certain instances, but I can't imagine this being one of them. I can't see him just being like, this nigga doing this and doing that behind my back. Fuck it. I'm just going to leave. I don't think it was that. I think the reason why he left had to do with Genie Bus. I don't necessarily believe that his problem is mostly with Genie. I think his problem is with uh, Genie being as... Uh, gullible as she is i think that's his issue with genie but i think as far as other things are concerned i think yeah it is rob it is a bunch of other people like you said too many chefs in the kitchen everybody else everybody out here is basically saying this is what you need to do this is what you need to do we need to go in this direction we need to do this we need to do that and genie like i said being gullible and not knowing what she wants to do just listening to any and everybody instead of the man that she really needs to be listening to which is the guy who you hired to make those decisions. But that's another thing, though, bro. That's another part of what I was about to say about him being childish, bro. If he really felt like Jeannie is, like, doing shit the wrong way and you really as close to her as you say you are, then y'all, they should have been able to have a conversation and came to an understanding, too. Like, it shouldn't have really had to come to this, really. I don't feel like if this is everything that he had an issue with, I don't feel like it really had to come to this. I, I don't I don't think it had to. I think he could have had a conversation, even if he still wanted to step down. They could have came to an understanding. And especially if they as close as he as they claim to be. And then you don't even tell LeBron that you're thinking about leaving. that. You just do that it, to me. Saying. That it, to me was more of what I had an issue about. He just I don't necessarily all around to me. I don't I don't necessarily have an issue with uh anything with him pertaining to Jeannie Bus because he calls her his sister. I find it hard to believe that she didn't have any thought or any type of feelings like Magic might step down or Magic's unhappy. Like I don't think that she he didn't gave know her an ultimatum that. though. He could have just been in there even if he could have just been like, yo, Let's if, say y'all the fire, Rob. if y'all don't fire Luke Walton, I'm out. Flat out, like he could have did that. That would have been cool. Like, like he could have handled it differently, bro. He he ain't have to just walk out the door, bro. But do you really think that Magic Johnson would come out and say, "I gave him an ultimatum. I told him it was either me or Luke." I don't think Magic would come out and say that if he did say that, because he would look like, "Oh, he out here fighting for power. Like he wanted, he really wants to have all of this power." Like, I don't think Magic would like the clear. way that he would be perceived if he were to make that type of decision. And I'm but, not it. I don't. I wouldn't put it past Magic to say something like that to Jeannie. Like Jeannie, we got to make this decision, or 
I'm I'm sorry. Like I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be around. I can't say a, I can't say Magic didn't do that or wouldn't do that. Like you said, him and Genie are pretty pretty close. So just because he didn't say that he did that, I don't necessarily believe that Magic didn't. You know, at least say something along the lines of letting her know that he was not like- happy with the way things were going and that he wasn't happy with that. Because to me, what I took from it was. Magic wanted to trade Luke Walton, or trade wanted to fire Luke Walton. And get I think Luke. I think that if Jeannie, if it was just Magic, Jeannie wouldn't have had an issue with that. Jeannie clearly doesn't know what she wants at this point, so I feel like she would have been open to you know what. All right, let's go ahead and get him out of here. But excuse me, you got your other guys like Rob Palenka or other guys who. I don't even know who else, but I'm sure it was more than just Rob Palenka saying, nah, at least let him finish the year out, or we owe that much to him. He is a former Laker and all of this stuff. Like, it's, I feel like it's deeper than it. Like Magic said, too many people are overruling him. And that to me is, you know what? Fuck this. Now, I I did y'all a favor by coming. I don't need to do this with all of this stuff I got going on. Here, I gave y'all LeBron. Here you go. I said I was going to do that. I said, I said if I didn't bring LeBron here, I was going to step down. Here he is on a platter. All I'm asking right now is to go ahead and get rid of this coach and let's move in a different direction. No, you don't want to do that? All right, cool. Well, all of this other shit is going on as well in the Laker organization. So I've been feeling some type of way. This is more like the icing on the cake. So you know what? I think I'm going to do what I got to do. And like I said, I think that if he owed anybody – explanation or owed anybody the courtesy of telling it was LeBron for the simple fact that you were a huge part of why LeBron came. That that to me is why. I think it was. I think it was like he said in the interview when (laughs) it was 12 o'clock midnight, 9 o'clock in uh, Western time. Magic was the one at LeBron's crib talking to LeBron about becoming a Laker. (laughs) I think he had a lot to do. He was probably to me 75% of why Brian came. Brian was coming to the Lakers. I think he was going to come regardless because of the situation and everything like with his family that we heard before, the sons wanting to go to school out there and all of this. But I think that magic was the icing on the cake. He solidified it because we've seen a lot of other players want to go to the Lakers. But here comes the other guys in the front office and they can't close the deal. Who's to say that LeBron don't go talk to one of the buses if Magic's not there? And he like, oh, nah, I can't do this. Fuck it. I'm going to go to the Clippers. I can't go to the Lakers with the shit they got going on. LeBron was not going to no Clippers, bro. LeBron was, <laughs> was going to the Lakers regardless. I don't want to take away from Magic. I mean, he did put in work to get LeBron, but I feel like even if Magic wasn't there, LeBron was going to be a Laker. It was the only thing that made sense. I don't think so. I do. And um, I think I think and it made sense say, more so because Magic was there the year before. I think if Magic wouldn't have been there the year before, like the year prior to LeBron coming, LeBron would have had a decision to make and it wouldn't have been uh in the Lakers favor in my my opinion. I don't think he goes to I don't think it's a a, a clear cut line for him to go to the Lakers without Magic being down there. I do, man. I think that I think he was going to be a Laker regardless that's so you think going in to 
his last year, before the season started, going into the last year, you think that he was going to be a Laker, period? Like he knew he was going to be a Laker at that moment, moment prior to Magic being a Laker, being part of the Lakers organization? No, I think that he knew coming up on the end of that season that he was. That's, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he didn't know. I'm saying that Magic being there is what helped him make that decision, period. Because before, before it really became a thing, and LeBron really started to show interest in coming to the Lakers. A lot of that was because Magic was in the front office. If Magic, if the front office would have stayed the same prior to Magic being there, LeBron wouldn't have been a Laker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I ain't saying it would have went down the same way. I'm just saying that he ultimately would have still ended up as a Laker, man. I don't know, man. I do, man. He was going to be a Laker. That's where he was taking his career next, man. He was ready to start doing more TV and Hollywood type stuff. It was the only thing that made sense. And, I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to take away from Magic. Braun clearly wanted Magic to get the credit for him coming. That's clear. Yeah. That's why I felt like Magic should have at least told Brian he was stepping down. And I feel like that's why Brian kind of felt some type of way about it. Like, bro, I basically basically signed your name on this deal when I was coming here anyway just to help make you look good. You know what I'm saying? And now you just walk out the door. Don't even even let me know. Like, I I, I think that's why Brian felt some type of way. I, I'm not saying Magic ain't have nothing to do with it, but I think it was about – I think I think he might have had maybe like 40 or 35% to do with that, not, not 50% for sure. Yeah, I, I'll say 50 or more. But uh, moving forward, man, before we get out of here, let's, let's do something fun for the fans, man. Me and you sat down and we each took an uh, a all-star weekend event and had some fun with it. You had the three-point shootout. I had the slam dunk contest. Basically, what we decided to do was we did our all-time three-point shootout and our all-time dunk contest. So what, what Sam did was, for our listeners out there, Sam selected, what did you do, six? Yeah. Sam selected six three-point shootout contest members or contestants that he would have in his all-time three-point shootout. I did six dunk contestants that I would love to see in the all-time dunk contest. Era doesn't matter. You just pick the six best shooters and six best dunkers that you think would be the best three-point shootout or best dunk contest, period. Excuse me. So we'll go ahead and start with you. All-time three-point shootout. Who are your six contestants? I got Steve Kerr, Larry Legend, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. Oh, yeah, fire. <laughs> All right, so how'd you do it? Did you knock it down in the threes? Yeah, it went down to three for the finals. All right, so what what was your take? What was your how did your uh your all time three point shootout play out? Man, well, I think, like, bro, <laughs> I feel like Doctor Strange, bro. I played it out like fourteen million ways. Like, damn, it's just so crazy. I, it took me a week to really decide who I was gonna have to win it. <laughs> so, 
Who was your, your your final three? Who made it to the final round? What were your three that made it to the final round? Man. I got Clay. Steph. And Larry Bird. Oh, you biased. I'm biased. You biased. Steph ain't shown us nothing in the three-point shootout that's worthy of him making he it to the finals. Make, he always make the finals, though. All right, all right, so... Name your name your shooters again. Steph, Clay, Ray, Reggie, Larry, and Steve Kurt. Where the hell was uh who was it? Jason Capono that had the record for most made in the three point shootout? Yep. Where's he at? Where where's Cal Corver? I don't want to Where are these Corver. guys that we know are purely knocked down in these three point shootouts? Who who am I doing a knockdown? They're knocked down in a game, but in a three-point shootout? A... I want to see the top shooters ever go in, and I don't care about who. <laughs> the best I don't care about that. I want to see the top shooters that ever touch a ball shoot. And the three-point shootout does not tell me that you're the top shooter ever for the simple fact that we have seen Jason Capono's run off. How many he went in the road? Nah, I can't even remember. Exactly. Like that that three point shootout is fun to watch and all that. You know what I'm saying? But it so that's what and that's how I went. I went more from what I saw in the dunk contest, not just purely dunk pure dunkers. I went from the six guys that I've seen put on a show in a dunk contest and I'm like, Oh, I would love to see them go at I it. mean dunks a little different though. Yeah, you're you know? right, you're right. I want to see the best shooters ever go at it in the three-point shootout. That's what I was looking for right there. For I'm just trying to figure shootout. out how Reggie ain't make it to your finals. Well, when you, when I pick my winner, then it might make sense to you. You think Larry Legend, didn't you? I got Larry Bird winning. <laughs> That's why I said you biased. I'm give not me, biased. Give me Reggie Miller in the finals over Mr. Curry. That's not to say that Mr. Curry is not the best shooter of all time because I think he is. But judging off what I've seen in three-point shootouts, see ya. First round, he going to hit like 28. Nah, I don't know. He going to hit like 28 in the first round, but ain't nobody beating Larry Bird in the the three-point shootout. Everybody else going to be bullshitting around, and he got (laughs) shoot for real. Shoes tied all the way up (laughs) for an hour. You know what I'm saying? Larry Bird not losing no three-point shootout, bro. You, you, you can go ahead and book it. He, he's the winner of the ultra competitor. That's that's dope. That's dope because I was going to give you my uh my three that I had in my finals. And my three was going to be Reggie Miller. I actually, I, I, I'm lying. Steph was in my finals too. It was Reggie Miller, Steph Curry, and Larry Bird once you told me your list. And, yeah, I think I got Larry Legend. I got Larry Legend winning it uh, by a closer margin than people would think because Reggie Miller's extremely competitive as well. So I feel like he's a guy that's going to come out there with the same energy that Larry Legend is. His shoe's going to be strapped up the whole time. And I think <laughs> the reason why Larry Legend, this is all hypothetical, obviously, because it's going on in my head. But I think the reason why Larry Legend wins is because Reggie Miller's going to be talking shit. He's going to talk so much shit while everybody shoots. And Larry Bird loves that shit. He Hell. loves it. He loves it. So he's going to soak it up and hit every ball that he shoots <laughs> just so he can talk shit back to Reggie. So, yeah, I I agree. I got Larry Legend winning my shit, too. 
but I got him winning it over uh, Reggie. I got Larry Legend winning it over Reggie. So let's switch to the dunk contest, man. My six contestants are Vince Sanity, obviously. How could you not? Dominique Wilkins. Julius Irving. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Jason Richardson. And Zach Levine. This, to me, was very difficult. I did my top three, erased it. Did my top three again, erased it. Did my top three again, erased it. I came up with, like, so many different scenarios. Like you said, you came up with it about 14 different ways. I did the same thing, and the the way that I decided on my top three were the guys that I picked most out of all of them. Like, each time I did my three – the three guys that I ended up with were the three guys that were always in the conversation. So my final three, I got Jason Richardson, Zach Levine, and Vince Carter. Now, this one was so difficult to pick between these three because these are three guys that not only can jump out the gym, these are three guys that bring that uh, – that excitement they bring the excitement element they also bring that creativity element but as far as creativity is concerned i think that nobody out of this list has more creativity than vince carter so that's who i had winning mile by a close margin i uh, i had vince winning i had jason richardson as my runner-up and i had zach levine as my third now Reason why I say Vince is because obviously Vince is the greatest dunker in NBA history. But beyond that, Vince Carter was never in the dunk contest to where you felt like, oh, such and such might have got him, or I don't know. Like he was head and shoulders the best dunker in the contest. And I can't make a case for that being uh being true about the rest of the contestants. Everybody else's were uh, pretty much, uh, I guess, close to a certain extent. Now, with my guys that didn't make it to the finals, reason being Michael Jordan, Julius Irvin, Dominique Wilkins, those guys were phenomenal dunkers. But if you go back and watch them old dunk contests, it's low-key boring compared to the shit that we see today. Yeah. They, they all did the similar, dunk, similar dunks. I think I think Mike could do some of the some of the newer shit just because of how he was more of a glider. And he adds yeah. flair. Like yeah. he bring that extra old just, he gonna he throw never, something special on the end. He never has seen none of that shit that we be seeing now, so he ain't do it. But Mike definitely would have been doing East Bays and shit back in the day if he if niggas knew about that shit. I agree. Ass and all that. But uh yeah. They the old school dunk contest was kinda like, I mean, they were new. Those, dunks, yeah, those dunks were new then, though. So, like, our uncles and grandpas, they watched that and was like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, right. Because <laughs> they never seen it before. But we see guys do those dunks on the break. We see high school kids doing them dunks now. Middle I watched, really. uh, was it the 96? Was the 96 dunk contest when Jordan went against Dominique? I'm pretty sure that's 86. what. Or 86. I'm tripping. 86. Um. Jordan went from the free throw line twice. Um, damn near the different. same same dunk. Like it was different. Yeah. But it's now, like you think of guys like Zach Levine that 
not only went from the free throw line, this nigga windmilled from the free throw line. Like he 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 ascended. Exactly. He took it to new heights. But yeah, as far as in my dunk, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I love Vince Carter though. He was definitely he in my finals. Vince Carter, Michael Jordan, Zach Levine. You got Zach winning it all. Yeah, man. It was hard, bro. It was hard. It was Zach hard. Levine. But the reason why I didn't pick Zach Levine was because I felt like Vince was going to bring that uh, – what you call it? He was going to bring the um, – what is the word I'm looking for? I guess the creativity, for lack of a better word. He was going to bring the creativity that a guy like Aaron Gordon brought to the table against Zach Levine. But Vince's name held more weight than Zach Levine. If Vince or than uh, Aaron Gordon. If Vince Carter – and Zach Levine were going at it in that dunk contest, and Vince Carter did every dunk that Aaron Gordon did, there is no question that Vince Carter wins that dunk contest. The only reason why Aaron Gordon didn't win is because Zach Levine, he was the reigning champ. Niggas knew who he was. Nobody really knew Aaron Gordon in that aspect. Like, they knew he could jump, but niggas ain't know that he was, like, creative on that level. Like, his dunks was next level. Like, I still watch his dunks like, oh, my gosh. To me, greatest dunk contest I've ever seen in my life. And I almost put him in my dunk contest just off the strength of that. reason why I didn't is because I wanted to give respect to the old, the, uh, the, the, the older guys. The legends, yeah. The legends. I had to. But, yeah, I think that Zach is that guy that's going to bring that extra pizzazz to the table. But I think Vince so just ups, he one-ups him. I love watching Zach Levine dunk, man. I don't think I've ever seen anybody more graceful in the air outside of Mr. Jordan. Like, it almost looks like he's, like, I don't even, it's, it, if there's a such thing, he has expressionless dunking. Like, it's not like, ah, I'm coming through the air on some crazy type shit. It's just like, oh, I'm just jumping. Like, watching live, don't It looks look second good. nature. You got to watch the replay to see yeah. how crazy. You'd be like, oh, my God. Did and, he really just do all that? I missed all that. And that's what really I feel like helped him in that Aaron Gordon shit. Like, Aaron Gordon's dunks was crazy. But Zach Levine's dunks was crazy, too. And the more you saw him in the replays, it was like, oh, shit. I see why he got a 50 on that now. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't dispute anybody for picking Zach Levine to win that dunk contest. So. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to start a poll. I might do a poll uh, and see what our viewers feel, think as far as that. You think Who you think I should put in the finals for the viewers? You think I should go, obviously, Vince Carter, Zach Levine. You think that third one should be Jordan? I think I'm going to throw Jordan. I would yeah. go Jason Richardson, but I'm going to go Jordan just because it's Jordan. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are going to pick Jordan just because of his name. So I'm, I'm going to do that and see how many – see what we get as far as that is concerned. But, yeah, man, that pretty much does it for our episode. Was there anything else you want to say to the people before we got out of here? Nah, that was it for me. We touched on stuff already, so. Yeah, man, that, that pretty much did it. And uh, appreciate y'all on uh, reaching out, telling us what y'all like and participating in all of our polls and all that. Continue to reach out to us, man. Let us know. Excuse me, what y'all want to hear about? What kind of topics y'all want to hear in? Excuse me, we had a couple people actually reach out and say they want to get on the show. So what we're going to try to do here uh, within the next couple of weeks is we're going to try to make that happen. Our listeners, we're going to try to give you all opportunity to come on to our show. Um, 
once we do select y'all, we'll even let y'all pick a couple of topics that y'all want to talk about or even debate about. So uh, make sure y'all be on the lookout for that. But appreciate y'all listening once again, man. It's your boy Ish signing out. It's your boy Sam, man. We appreciate y'all. We out.